0: Welcome to Oilfield Talk. My name is Trey Fought, and I'm host of Oilfield Talk podcast. We want to speak with workers from all other aspects of the oil and gas industry and allow them, the outlet, to tell some crazy, amazing stories you just wouldn't believe are true. Not just the Wildcats, the drillers, the Roughnecks, the Roustabouts, but the land-based, offshore drilling operations, service companies, vendors, third-party personnel, production, transportation, all aspects of the industry that provide expertise throughout the oil field industry. But each of these have many, many hilarious stories to share about their time in the oil patch. I have no doubt that we will be able to share entertaining stories or tell tall tales that anyone who works in the industry will appreciate and get a hearty laugh while listening. But this is also going to be a family podcast. We'll be able to invite our families at home to listen Although they won't believe half the stories we share, they may have a couple of dozen questions. Maybe it will give them and everyone a greater appreciation of the jobs we have in the oil field and why we enjoy our oil field family for half a year. So please take an hour or so out of your day, give a listen to the Oilfield Talk Podcast. Hope you enjoy the stories as much as I enjoy bringing them to you.
1: Bringing up gas and it's able to bring it up on its own, you're gonna see this. This is what you refer to as a, you will hear it referred to as a Christmas tree. Don't ask me why, I have no idea. I just known it was that since I was a little kid. My dad always called it a Christmas tree. And I'm like, that don't look like no Christmas tree to me. So if they tell you to go out and they send you out, to the field and said, hey, you're you're gonna be over there you're gonna be working on that Christmas tree. Don't go out looking for a tree with a bunch of Christmas lights and decorations. This is it. And and like I said, I've I've had people, I was telling Miss Courtney the other day, and we had a guy that come through the class, and every time I say, we're on your battery, we're over here on the battery, he'd get this look like puzzled. And he's looking around and he's doing this and it's like, and I kind of just seen something was up with him. And I said, You okay? Everything good? And he goes, Where's it at? So, where's what at? He said, The battery. Yeah. I said, This is your battery. And he goes, This is a battery? I said, Yeah. He goes, I was looking for like batteries, like car batteries. I'll, you might as well go home. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so no. But that's how it is. You'll, you'll hear different terminology in the oil field, and some of it don't make sense. That's how it goes, and we just roll with it. It's what we call a Christmas tree. Very first thing I do is when it, this well is running, it's moving up and down. I need to make sure that this ball valve is shut. Okay, it's shut. You notice something missing on this wellhead? Handles. Why? Nope, right. Because I'm gonna tell you, when I worked for over in Crosbad, all my wells were on both sides of the road from Crosbad all the way to White City. And I had all the wells between there and they're right off the road. And I don't know what it is. If you have wells that are right there by the road, it it is like a tourist attraction. You will have people on, and I kid you not, every day, it seemed like every day I showed up out there, I had people out there. You will have people out there, and if you have a handle here, they're going to be like, ah, what does this do? And shut that valve. Because they don't know no better. They may blow up your flow line, they may shut something in, blow out your stuffing box, they may cause you a lot of problems because they don't know what it is, and they don't know what to mess with. But they're some people out there that just think they got to mess with something. We take handles off. If somebody's going to mess with my well, they are going to have to have the tools to mess with it. Not only that. Just like my man Tim said the other day, most of your wells are going to be shared land with ranchers. With ranchers, with animals. You may have livestock out on your locations. Keep them away from your wellhead. Ladies, I got to tell my ladies this. The guys don't really do it. Ladies, do do it all the time. Do not feed the animals. Don't feed the cows. Don't feed the horses. Okay? Why? Mr. Tim, why? Because you start feeding them I kid you not, we had a girl and I told this to the class and a girl that went to work for this company, went out and she said, was talking to her. She called me one day and I said, what are you doing? She goes, you know, I'm here at the store picking up apples and I go, oh, for your lunch? And she goes, no, not for my lunch. I'm like, what are you picking up apples for? Kids or what? And she's all like, no. uh, I got wild horses out there on my field and I always feed them apples. Every day. And then she called me back, I said, don't do that. Don't feed them apples. Because about a month later, she said, how do I get rid of the get these horses to leave me alone? She goes, now all of them, every time I come in, I can't even drive into my location because they're coming up. And I said, you don't. It's It's gonna be a chore getting rid of them. Don't feed the cows. Don't feed the horses. Don't feed the animals. Little rancher, let me tell you this, or low rancher, the police operator holding
2: your balls are tearing up my panels. And all rancher said, Next time I'll talk to (laughs) them.
1: Right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But that's that's what it is. I, I get them away from my well, or we have most of the time you will have your well heads fenced off so nothing can bump up against it. If you don't have it fenced off and you have a handle here with no bull plug, them cows can come over here and rub on that valve and rub it open and now you got a stream of oil shooting out all over your location. Tim's right, we're not gonna blame it. We can't blame it on the cow because the cow ain't gonna pay for it. Your company's gonna have to pay for it and the rancher definitely definitely gonna pay for it. Make sure that your locations are sealed off That's why we take our handles off so nobody or nothing can mess with them. Make sense? Turn my unit back on. Uh, Jose, go ahead and turn our unit on. Okay, you turned it off the other day. You got your locking key. You can unlock it. Boom! Jose, what is your mom's name? Huh? Yeah. Ms. Herminia Campos. Yes, ma'am. This is Don with with our company and I regret to inform you that your son was killed in a accident today, on location. He passed away, he's no longer with us. Yes, ma'am. Oh no, the funeral expenses? No, they're on you. They're on you. Our company is not going to be reliable for this because Jose was top different and he didn't follow safety policies and procedures and that's why he's dead. Yes, yeah, you're going to have to pay for the funeral. Do what you got to do. We're sorry. Thank you. Have a great day. Uh, Seth, Mr. Seth Blackley, are you still looking for a pumping job? Okay. I need you. I need you to report tomorrow. I got an immediate opening. Hey, rest it gang, y'all get this buddy out of the way. I don't want to see no, no guts on here and nothing. Get him out. Right? But I'm saying, I, I don't know, like I told you day one, nothing is more important than your life. Now his mom and his family's got a whole funeral to plan. They just lost a son, a husband, a father, whatever. In an oil field accident that could have been prevented. And I'm going to tell you, He's a good person, I loved him, he was a great guy to work for, but guess what? Come the end of the day, I will have his position filled tomorrow. My company has to go on. My millions that I make all day long is because this well runs. I love this guy, he's a great guy, awesome, he did a good job while he worked for us, and I'm sad to see him go, But at the end of the day, the show must go on. I need this well running. I will have his spot filled. He will be taken off. We're gonna call a coronary. We're gonna say a little prayer for him. We're gonna go to his funeral. We'll, We'll even send him a flower bouquet. And I say that, remember I told you my friend, Mr. Joe, the other day, I was telling you about my friend, Mr. Joe, that died of cancer. Love this old man. He is a great guy. The day he passed away, he was from Jow. The day he passed away, went to his funeral. His wife asked me if I'd be one of the pallbearers. I said, yes ma'am, I will, and carry the coffin. So yes ma'am. So I drive all the way to Jow, I get there, and I sit there, and I was the first one there. They arrived with his body and everything. We're getting his body out, and the flowers all start showing up. And I had called the day he died, I called the funeral home, I knew where he was gonna be at, called the funeral home, I said, hey, you know what, I I need a flower arrangement for his family. I need a flower arrangement, I don't know, I don't care. He's my friend, I love this guy, I love this old man. And I told him, I said, I want, the lady said, what kind of price? I said, price, money does not matter, price does not matter, make me something big and nice and beautiful for his family. She goes, okay, I got you. I got it. She goes, I'll make you something. And it, the company we worked for, the company that he worked for that he, he would, they would call, he would drop everything he was doing to run out and go check these wells and do everything he could do for this company. We get there, they're unloading the plants, they unload all the plants. And I kid you not, there was a flower plant this big, this figure around, this big. And I was like, okay, didn't think nothing of it. And they're unloading the flowers. I started going over and being nosy. I started looking at the cards. I looked and I found the one that we sent me and my family sent. I was like, oh, okay, they did a great job. Yes, that was money well spent. I'm happy with it. And I kid you not, I walked over and I got to that. It was the smallest plant on the stage, on the play deal. And I went over and I read the card, and it said, thank you for your service, Mr. Joe. It was from the company that he worked for, that he died working for. The company sent him that, and this is a million, billion dollar company. And they sent him probably a $20 plant. And guess what? The day he, he was working, the day he went into the hospital, and the day he died, he was working. He actually called me and said, I'm headed to the hospital. I'm, I am don't feel good, Don. I don't think I'm going to make it. And I said, I'll drive you to the hospital, Mr. Jaw. I'll meet you there. He goes, no. What I need you to do is I need you to go out and run these wells, check these wells. And I said, yes, sir. Don't worry about the wells. I got it. And I said, you get to the hospital. And later on that night, he passed away. And guess what, when I'm going out to the wells to go check the wells, the company man calls me and he said, Don, are you headed out here? And I go, yeah, Mr. Joe just called me. I'm headed that way. And he goes, I think we're gonna have to let Mr. Joe go. I said, why, why? And he goes, I don't think he's as sick as he thought, as he says, and he lets on to me." He said, I don't think he's as sick as he lets on to be. And I said, sir, with all due respect, he's driving to the hospital right now. He's in the hospital right now. And his last words to me were, I don't think I'm going to make it. I said, I don't think he's playing. I think he's really sick. And the company that he worked for had him replaced before the end of the day. Safety is in your hands. You take it and you do everything you have to do to be safe. What should you have done different? Maybe go for the dummy, dummy stick. Okay, you grab it and turn it on. Good. Okay, now check it. Take your lock and tag off. You're getting this back going. What do you need it on? You need to pressure it up hand. Good job. Now I'm gonna tell you he did great the second time. I'm gonna tell you something. I kill you here so you don't get killed out there. Messing around with him, I killed him. And I'd say that I had one guy that I told him, "What's your mom's name?" He go, uh-uh, "Don't speak that over me." I was like, "Okay," but I'm gonna tell you, Jose. I just gave him a scenario that I guarantee you Jose for the now on is always gonna, he's gonna go down and buy him a dumb stick. And from now on, he's always gonna test that box before he touches it, right? Cause he's gonna say, man, Don, Don killed me in class. And I'm hoping you're gonna say, man, you know what? Don killed Jose, he's gonna kill me. I don't want that to happen to me. I have seen how he killed Jose, so I'm always gonna remember that, okay? Always remember that, the how I killed him and what he did wrong, so put it into practice. Once you get it set, this is a jam nut, take your crescent and jam it. Take your crescent, it's jammed, it's locked, it's set where I want it, It's right at a hundred pounds, mark it. And you're like, what the heck did you just do? I marked it. that the scratch okay yep just the tip of the crescent yep I scratch this and the set nut right there just like that here's why females especially here's why this right here is one way for people to get rid of you Back in the day, when I grew up, females were not in the oil field. It was not seen. You did not want them there. It was a problem for us, problem for the workers. You did not want a female on your location. It did not happen. So I promise you, if they told me you were coming to work for me, tomorrow, I would have you to where you are going to run out of here and get off this location and never go back into the oil field again within a week. I'd have you crying. I'd have you out of here, okay? Because that's what we did. We did not want females out there. Sorry, don't, don't take it personal. That's how we raised. I'm gonna tell you, there are still older generation people, older lease operators, older people out there that still might have that mindset. Some older older gentlemen, older people may have that mindset and they may do everything they can do to get you aggravated, to make you quit your job. Because they don't want you out there. Just being serious. One way they're gonna do it, it is right here. They're going to come out here when you're not here and they're going to screw that out or screw it in where you're fighting too much pressure or you're not fighting enough pressure and it keeps gas locking and I don't know why it keeps doing this and I keep having to fight this and I'm keep having to do and I keep and keep on, keep on. And you're going to say, you know what? I'm done. Forget it. Huh? That's why you mark it. Or if you were one of them ones that decided, hey man, you know what? I'm going to get out there and I'm going to rock the boat. I'm gonna go out there and when that guy that's training me, when he's training me, I'm gonna tell her, no, that ain't that ain't how we did that. That ain't how we learned. That ain't what we did. That's what Miss Monica did. Miss Monica went to work for a company and the very first day she was out there with the company, she said, that ain't how they taught us at the junior college. The kid that was teaching her was a 21 year old kid. And she goes, mm-mm, you don't know what you're doing. You don't have a clue what you're doing. So after that, him and her had problems all the time. Don't rock the boat. Don't rock the boat. You rock the boat, you're going to get that production foreman or that trainer, whoever's training you, so aggravated that they're gonna say, you know what? This, Aide comes out of here all the time, man. He just barely got out of that class and he thinks just because he took that class, he's all that. Man, he comes out here, and man, he thinks he knows better than I do. You know what? I'm I'm, going to mess with him, and I'm going to make him quit. And every time he comes on, he has problems. This is going to be one of them. They're going to test it and mess with it, go in too much or not enough, and they're going to mess with you. This right here, your back pressure valves on your heater treaters, other stuff, they're going to shut in valves. That's why we don't carry carry. Or have valves handles on here. Make them work for it. Okay, But if you come out here. And you see. And you know. That you had that set. Okay. You had it set. You mark it. Now. Look at you. Now. When you mark it. Now. You can see if somebody's messed with it. If they mess with it. We don't go and tell we don't go and snitch him out. Hey, uh boss Seth is being mean to me and he's messing with my stuff again and he don't like me and he's mean. We don't do that, right? We're 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 adults. We don't act like that. Well what we do, do is we comment, put in comments. Got to the well, it was gas locked, back pressure valve was screwed out. Well it was gas locked. Adjusted back pressure valve, got it back pumping. Tomorrow you get here, got to the well, back pressure valve screwed out again, got well back pumping, screwed it in, got it back pumping. Your boss is gonna see them comments and say, somebody's messing with you. Somebody's messing with you. Then what they're gonna do is they're gonna put up cameras. Most not, uh, I know it says like 85% of their whole lease of every property that owns, is monitored by cameras. What is your being the same ballpark? Y'all have some cameras? You want to go address the person that was messing with? No, I just adjust it, do what I gotta do, get it back pumping, and go about my business. Bingo, because if I address Seth, they said you need to leave my stuff. Well, who said I'm messing with? Then it's a confrontation. Then he knows not only did I rock the boat with him and make him mad at me, now I just put a target on his back or or called him out on something to put a bigger target on, target on my back. So no, I wouldn't, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Somebody's messing with me, but you know what? I'm not giving up. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. I'll keep fixing it. They want to keep messing with it. I'll keep fixing it. But what your company will do is put cameras up and they'll find who's messing with your stuff. They'll get to the bottom of it. Believe me, I've had it happen many times. They'll get to the bottom of it. With that being said, you see these lights, not the big security light, but the little one behind it, these lights on your oil film and out in the oil film, these lights not only are lights, they are cameras. With that being said, ladies, watch where you drop it. Okay. You're not like a man that can go behind the truck and do what you got to do. You're going to have to go and do your business, handle your business, you're Company's probably not gonna say, oh, well, we got we got a lady. Now we need to put porta potties on every location. They're not gonna do that. They may put a porta potty somewhere in the area, and you know about that, but watch where you handle your business, okay? Because I kid you not, you're gonna be out and open. You don't want you don't want to end up being underneath the camera. Watch how you handle your business, all right? Adjust your bag pressure valve. Market set it. If I get here it's still marked, even if like the day before, it was gas locked. I go ahead and adjust it and I set it. When I get here tomorrow, if it's still set where I had it and marked and everything lines up, then I know Seth ain't messing with me. It ain't something he's doing. It's something the well's doing. I know it's a problem with the well. Most of the time, once you change out the back pressure valve and get it back going, you don't have no problems with it. All right? I want to show you real quickly the innards of this back pressure valve. Y'all can come over here to the table, guys. We're going to be right here for a minute. I thought it opened. Right behind you, just in there's some both of seats. Oh, both of them.
2: The two women rack where around like that, would you?
1: Oh no. <laughs> How me that rack behind you. This is your parts to your back pressure valve. First, you have your cage. This is what holds everything together. You can pass it around. The main thing that I want to look at in here when I'm looking, I want to look at my cage and make sure that there's no big grooves or scratches through the inside of it so everything looks smooth there. You can row. or crack. Let's pass them around. Then this is your spring. Your spring is one piece. It does not come in two pieces. If you open this and it is in two pieces, guess what? You need a new spring. And your parts store will carry all these parts individually. You can, if you got a good cage and you'd say the spring is good and the ball and seat's bad, you can just replace the ball and seat. You don't have to pick up a whole new setup. You can replace what you need. Check the spring, look for cracks on it. Look for that it's in one piece. These little things are just your spring keepers. They go on each end, they go in each end of your spring and all they are to do is to make your spring where it will hold that ball. They have one on each end, so guess what? It doesn't matter which way you put it, okay? I don't think y'all need a, a cage. Here's the most important part of this setup is your ball and seat. And I do this Exactly this, I take a rag and I get it and I clean it up before I mess with it. On the seat, the seat, depend on, on the material you get, they have them in alloy, they have them in monel. they have them in stainless steel. Okay, this one is, a, I believe this one's an alloy. But you can see right here on the lip of it, there is a groove, it's grooved here. It's grooved on both sides. So that tells you what. It can go either direction, one way or another. It don't matter. And the next thing I look at is my ball. I take it in my hands. I feel it. I'm moving it around in my hand. And I'm feeling it. I want to feel for any scratches, any indentions. I want to feel the shape of it to make sure it's round. It's not oblong, it's good and round. Next thing I do is I take my seat or my ball and I put it on my seat and I roll it around. I roll it to see if there's any hang up, if it's hanging up anywhere or if it's pitted or if it's sitting on one part and not rolling. I roll it around. Next thing I do is I take my ball and seat and I take it and I put it up to the light and now I'm rolling it around and I'm looking for light coming through the inside of my seat. If I see any light coming through that seat, between that ball and that seat, that ball and seat is bad. Take that, pass it around. Check it out. Take that around, pass it out. Take that around, pass it around and check it out, okay? I want you to see all three sets that are going around of balls and seats. I want you to notice the, the, the problems with them and we will talk about them. There's two of them that got problems. You'll see them. So it takes see, what's going on if this is
2: not holding us. You just pressure the whole thing up with gas. This makes it really not work.
1: Right. Well, what's what's happening? Uh, Mr. Tim asks, so what's happening with the gas lock? Well, when it's, when it's not working, this is not working. What's happening is it's not, the gas is designed to come up the annulus and come out the casing. But sometimes the gas will come in and choke out the fluid from coming up the tubing and it will try to start, the gas itself will try to start coming up the tubing instead of coming up the annulus. So that's what this is designed to is hold pressure back so the fluid can come in and force the gas to go up the annulus like it's supposed to and the fluid will come up the tubing like it's supposed to.
0: How do you know all that?
1: Cuz you've been there forever? Yeah. Years.
2: I was watching the breast the way you were explaining to bleed off the
1: pressure. You know, <laughs> that takes years. Oh yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, my daddy taught me well. Did you see him? I I worked for a guy on the water well one time, like for a week, just helping him, and I swore I'd never do that again. You no, know, we hadn't. We had to pull him with the pipe wrenches and pull it, and it was like four or five hundred feet, one one rod at a time. You pull up, and then. Put so the pipe wrench pull up, pull it, like, uh. All right, here we go. You have all had a chance to see all three of them. Okay, let's talk about them. This one is a stainless steel seat and a stainless steel ball, okay? And as you can see, it's got significant pinning and grooves in it. These all actually came out of the same well. And this well that it had, I put this in, and this particular well to set it, that's why I say every every well struggle point is different. This well to keep it pumping every day, it had to be set at 500 pounds of back pressure. So what it would do is it would sit there and open, it open, and it would when it opened it would slam shut, and it was just tearing up these balls. That's why you got the grooves and stuff on here. Even this, it even started to deepen the grooves on the. Seat here. So I go to my parts store. This one was probably a week. One week. That's one week worth worth the wear. This one right here, about eight hundred bucks for that ball and seat. <laughs> oh my God! I went to my my parts store and taught him what we we're doing. I said, "Man, look at this ball and seat." I even took it to him. I said, "Look at this," and he goes, "Man, he go let's try something different." So he gave me this one. This one is a carbide. Yeah, thank you. Carbide, yeah. And it's set in there, but this is still a stainless steel seat. So what it did is he gave me a carbide ball and it was hitting here and the carbide was actually breaking down and, and denting around this this one and this one both are like your eyeball. They're not round. They're more like oblong. If you look at them real close, they're like Hoblon. because what it was actually doing is it was slamming this so hard that it was trying to push this ball through this seat. And you can see on this seat where it had completely taken out that bevel where it's crushing in there. So that's why I say, I know what he's talking about when he said he has half of a ball. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I've seen him. This wear is probably two, three weeks worth of wear. This where, this ball and seat right here, 1,200 bucks, just a ball and seat, $1,200 right there. So I went after three weeks, I went back and took him that one. I said, this ain't gonna, this ain't gonna make it. We can't do this. My company can't afford to be buying. That's $2,000 in a month on balls and seats. Can't do it. So he goes, try this one. So as you see, this ball is actually real light. This ball is what you call monel. This ball right here is what they say is virtually indestructible. You cannot destroy this ball. It will not pit. It will not scratch. It will not mess up. Nothing will happen to this ball. Yes. Yeah. The seat is a Tungsten seat. It is very strong, durable. He guaranteed me that ain't gonna happen with this one. I actually took this out of that well. I actually had two more kits that I had set up like this that I had these in, this right here, $2,200 for this ball and seat. But hear me out, $2,200 in this one lasted months. In fact, all I ever had to do with this one is take it out, clean it, put it all back together, replace the spring once, and put it back together, keep it in my truck. Keep it ready to go. In fact, I had three or four of them in my truck ready to go with this. The springs are like 30 bucks. had to be. Yeah, yeah. The springs are cheap. The springs are cheap. Cage is cheap. See, the keepers are cheap. Here's where you're gonna spend money at. Balls and seats. If I take this one apart and say this ball and C was in here, but the cage in the spring is good, I put a new cage in here today, got it running, got this all cleaned up. Now, all I got to do to this one, since everything is good, all I have to do is put it back together. Can you hand me the antecedents behind there? Oh, it's right here in front of you. See, I don't view what I, It was a snake, but I got it. Okay, anti and put it back together. Most of the time I'm doing this on the, the tailgate of my truck or vice. When you go to work for these companies, most of the time they will give you a vice that goes in your receiver hitch. And that's what you'll use. If not, get of my man Marco over there and he can weld you up one. Oh, well, Marco. 450. Okay, that's as tight as you need that. Cause like I said, get it, keep it clean, get it made up, put it in your toolbox of your truck. So that way the next one well we come to that's having this problem, we can just block it in Turn the well off, block it in, get everything out, take the kit out, put this one in, and we rob Peter to pay Paul, right? Take from one to put the other just to keep them all going. The parts that I get on this, I do charge them to the NMJC number one. That's where they went to. Does this mean that I can't use this anywhere else but the NMJC number one? No, because the next one I pull out, I'm gonna put this one in there, and then I'm gonna get parts for the other one, I'm gonna charge it to that well. And I'm just going to always keep me one one or two. I, like I said, I think I had four of them at one time in my truck. Always ready to go. Why? Bingo. Save time. I don't have to leave it shut in. I can get it back pumping today with minimal effort. How long did it take me to change that? 10 minutes. About 10, 15 minutes. I can have it changed out and back pumping, ready to go. I don't have to get, I don't have to call an optimizer. I don't have to call a Rastabag gang. I don't have to call anybody else to come and do that because I can do it and get it back pumping. We spent a lot of time today on a gas lock well. Why? Why? Because as an entry-level lease operator starting out, If you have a bunch of pumping wells, this is going to be your primary problem that you will run into on a daily basis. On a daily basis. So that's why we spend so much time and talk about it so much, okay? Does everybody got it down? On a gas lock well, what time is it? No, it ain't. (laughs) Yeah. You got a hard head. That is the number one problem you're going to run into that you can do something about. You can change it out. You can fix it. It doesn't, doesn't take much to fix. So, down the hole, do they always run those hard sheets in the body? Because you thought it's a 5 hair ear. They with the hatchet down there. No, it's the same. It's the same, whatever pressure you have here, whatever we put on here is gonna be on your pump. These are actually the same, he he did ask a good question. The balls of seats down hole in your pump, they are exactly the same. The only thing is, is the cage is different. That's the only difference is the cages. The cages that are, are there are different. In fact, these come out, actually this one that's in there, the monel that's in there, come out of a pump. And the pump got destroyed, but the seats were good. So that's why he, I actually didn't pay nothing for that one. He goes, we're going to try it. Okay, He gave me that ball and seat. But the other ones that I had to buy cost me, but that one didn't. But they are exactly the same balls and seats. They are just set up. Like I said, just the cage that holds them is different. That's it. Nope, it's not. Actually, you don't have your fluids below your pump. Pump is bringing in the fluid when it comes up. Your pump ain't in fluid. It fills up about halfway. Yes, sir. Yeah, good one. Gas lock well. On a gas lock well, you will always see the needle bouncing. Always, 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 always. Always see the needle bouncing. It will bounce, but it will not pressure up. That's always indication. So when when you put in your pressure gauge and you see that bouncing, you can automatically start thinking, "Hey, it's gas swamp. What time is it?" Okay, we're stopping there. Any questions over what we went over? We covered a lot of stuff. That is a brush, toothbrush. No, it's a brush for plunger lifts. And you drop them down, and they clean up the well. Do you have any questions? Like I said, we went over a lot of stuff. I know, I know, we did. If you got any questions, feel free to stay behind, ask. We'll talk about it. If you have anything. If not, Kelly, oh, what did y'all go over? Would you Ooh, yes, we went over. Over. Ga- what did we go over? Gas lock wells? We went over. Go
2: Did y'all repair this?
1: Yes. We went over hole in the tubing. He either pumped off or. Yes. Jose got killed. Huh? Jose got killed, but we brought him back. One dead? One dead. That's not bad. So, everybody, 7 a.m. in
2: the morning, we're going to go through the PowerPoint presentation and we'll be back out here to finish up. Well,
1: maybe. Depends on how they do tomorrow. If they come in tomorrow and they have a clue of what we're talking about tomorrow, then we won't have to come Saturday. If they come like day one, they're
2: going to be gone for four days. Oh my God.
1: Yeah, we're coming Saturday and Sunday after church. Y'all nah. in the morning. <laughs> yes, sir. why not yes sir no problem thank you Don. yes sir yeah have a great day all right what's your question miss courtney yeah you're good i'm glad i'm good I'll, that tells me that you're getting it so yeah because i'm like uh, i kind of want to run through this is make
2: sure
0: i know how but um so whenever you tighten this 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 isn't going to be very loose or very
1: no rigid. this this one yeah that's not gonna be very. Loose. no you're, well, when you tighten it, yes, you're going to have to because right now you can't tighten anything with it. See, so whenever you do when you tighten it, you got to take this loose, and then this now it tightens.
0: Okay, so you like, move that and then tighten that up against.
1: Yeah, it it keeps it from like Kelly said, it keeps it from vibrating and moving out and loosening it up. Okay, and then whenever you bleed this off, because this is this is the oil line. The, yeah, this is a f- tubing. Yep. Yeah, the tubing. So when you bleed it off, say, repair it, is it oil? Out of there no. When you bleed it, when you open it and bleed it off, yeah. everything is gone out of there. And because we got this blocked in and this open and, uh or this all blocked in, nothing is going to be there. No fluid. So you may have something that's dripping out, but other than that, no. And you're not going to have any fluid to worry about. Then you didn't open it up. It would hold pressure in there.
2: And when you try to take it apart, it's going to squirt everything out. Yeah. Then you'll have spots on your clothes. Right. But you
1: might, if you... Oh, yeah. If you open that one right there, if it's pumping everything, if it's uh, bright, shiny, and cool, and it's pumping and running, yeah, you're definitely going to see oil there. You're going to see fluid, not oil. You're going to see fluid. Because it's going to be water and oil and emulsion mix, and it's going to spray out, you know, and that wouldn't be good. So yeah, you always make sure that you whatever like if you're pressure testing, you always put your gauge in and stuff first before you open it. Are
2: there any instances in which uh, you
1: get prepared for any sort of fluid bleed bleed off like that, and maybe put something underneath it or? You always want to, uh, and like these guys tell you, if you're bleeding off. For some reason, and you know there's going to be fluid. I have what we call Kelly. Can we get one of them? Can we get a blowdown hose made up? If
2: I can. So I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I figure
1: out where. Okay. Yeah. If not, I could try to find find one. So I've looked
2: at a phone Depot and Lowe's for that stuff, and couldn't find it. I'll
1: look again. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, if you are bleeding down for some reason, you may bleed down like in a bucket or, or something like that, you know, where, where, you know, it's going to not cause an environmental issue. Oh yeah. I think I've got it. I was but um, uh,
0: cause I'll probably go over yeah. the, uh, the process again, because learning, uh, all the parts right. as our homework. So would it be okay me tomorrow or one of the other days afterwards,
1: if I, yeah. through the process, sure that I know it. That's great. I'm good. So that point. Yeah, and we're going through it, but it's nice to be able to say, you know, I'm calm saying what I need to be doing. But right. I do understand what I've that. seen. It. You're right. Yeah, no, no, that's no problem. I'm here for you. Right. you. Yes, ma'am. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. I guess what I wanted to ask was, uh, I, might, I might just be misunderstanding something. Oil will come out the top line and then gas will come out the bottom line. Mm-hmm. So why? But whenever they're coming out the hole, they're together. Yes. <laughs> okay so why would these why would they separate
2: to put it back together no no <laughs> I know so we separate them because we don't want gas coming up to, through the pump oh yeah so we have to separate them down hole to keep the gas out of our pump, pump. Oh, okay and then once they come out we don't care if they mix back because we'll deal with it over there okay no so we don't want gas in the pump
1: and then uh the other one had to do with on the lact unit Whenever you get a bad oil rejection, it sends it back through to the heater-treater, right? Yes. Okay, is that just the heater-treater or does it go through the whole battery? No, just the heater-treater. Okay, would that not depressure it the same way that the recirculation? Depends on how long it's going through there. Depends on how long it's going through there. But yes, if it's over a long period of time, if it does it during the night, yes you will have gas pressure problems on your heater-treater in the morning. Okay, that's not something I can control, is it? Then All that stuff, and that's all that. Okay. Some, nowadays, you have to ask a company, and you'll have to get familiarized with it, but sometimes when that diverter line opens, a lot of them are automated now to when that diverter line opens and starts diverting, it alarms you. It sends an alarm. So that way it sends an alarm and you can say, huh, why am I diverting? Then you may have to call your night lease operator to go by there and see what's going on. Or if it, you may have to get out in the middle of the night and go figure out why it's diverting. Okay. So, and then that over there is a uh, air, what it's called, airlift, right? A high pressure wellhead system. Yeah. It's for oh. gas, it's for gas lift. Yeah. Or uh, you, If you have gas lift, you will have a compressor on there. If it's a, you can use like a plunger lift, you can use a free-flowing well, or just your more high-pressure setups. So
2: it could be a flowing well, uh-huh. so everything just comes up the tubing, out the top to the battery. Or a gas lift well will be set up like that, where we inject gas down the annulus. and. Production comes up the tuba. Okay. So, if, like Don said, if it's gas lift, there's going to be a, a big compressor larger than Don's pickup. Yes. It's compressing gas and pumping it down the annulus to make the oil come up the tubing. Okay. All right. Well, that makes
1: sense? Okie dokey. I guess I'll see won- you on one. Yes, sir.
2: Have
0: a good evening. Jeff, yeah. 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 Good. I'm going to listen to all of it. Nomad Mobile Productions is a broadcasting and media production company that produces podcasts and provides a mobile podcast studio complete with audio and video recording equipment. We also offer post-production processing, editing, marketing, and publication for podcasts. Our mobile production studio will come to you. Visit our webpage, nomadmobileproductions.com, or our Facebook,